everybody, it is great to be here. Uh, this is week two of in-person, you know, first 25 for a long time, and we're so glad that you're here. I can't even say how great it is to be in person, to be able to do this with live people in the same room is just such a gift, and we're so grateful for it. So we've been on this series called Flourish, and it's this idea that we have to look at some big questions in our lives if we want to grow in our faith. And those questions uh, are huge, and we started off with this one, where do I belong? And Megan brought this idea around what it looks like to belong in community and why our friends are so important. And, and you know, that sense of just being connected to others, it's such a key piece, particularly in our faith journey. Then Ethan brought this question, why should I believe? And every one of us in this room believes something. Right? We all have beliefs. You can't escape that fact. Uh, even if you, are, uh, you know, have non-belief, you still believe in something. Right? And so this idea of looking you know, through the lens uh, just uh, at Jesus and saying, okay, like, is his life real? Why should I believe what he says? And, and since age 16, I've, I've followed him, and man, I just, wow, like I'm still blown away at, at who he is and what he does. And then Alicia brought this question last week, how can I matter? And the realities in a culture today where, you know, there's so much going on, and we want to have a message where we are about others, right? And, and the idea that we're not focusing on ourselves first, but we're focusing on the people around us, because that is the message that Christ brought, to look not only to our own interests, but to the interests of others, right? So key in today's time. And today, we're looking at this question, what will I do? So what do I do with that? How do I put that into practice? How do I walk that out in my life? So that question, what will I do, often kind of leads us into the future. And so when I was a kid, I, I wanted to play for the Dallas Cowboys. That was like my dream, okay? So that's what I would look like if I played for Dallas. I know, like similar build, that's actually my body and face, okay? Just see, not really, okay. And then I thought, well, I'll be a Jedi Knight. And I had this season where I wanted to be a Jedi Knight. And then I learned around the time that Santa wasn't real, that, you know, Star Wars wasn't real. And I kind of crushed that dream. And so I thought, okay, I got to do something else. And I've always thought about this one, uh, the Christian mafia. And, you know, this idea, things get done, no one gets hurt, right? That's the Christian version of the mafia. Liability, the whole bit, I decided not to go with it. So I couldn't pull that one off either. Um, but I remember in my final high school semester... Mr. Cipriati was my guidance counselor, and, and at Eden, let me say this, the guidance department's phenomenal. I did not have that experience. I walked into Mr. C's room, and I'm struggling with what course I should pick because I'm trying to plan out my future, and he looks at me and he goes, just pick something. And I'm like, man, this isn't Wendy's, okay? I'm not picking like a combo. I, like, I'm trying to figure out my life here, and it was really no help to me at all. And I remember this machine, this computer thing, where you would answer questions and feed you know, the info in, and then the computer would tell you what you probably should do with your life. My friend Kathy, she was so gracious and gentle, the machine told her that she should be a train conductor or a prison warden. So don't trust the machine, okay? Because it's just not going to lead you down a path that is, is where you should be going. But the typical questions that go with the question, what will I do, right, often leads us into the future. It's questions like, what are you going to do, or what will you do this weekend? You know, what are you doing this summer? What are you doing after high school? And those are the typical questions that we get drawn into. And you know what it's like with friends, right, on the weekend. You, know, you make plans, and then you come up with another plan, then a third plan, you scrap that plan. Another friend brings in a plan. You go with that, you scrap that, and then all of a sudden, you're back to the original plan. You get rid of that, and then you just kind of hang out, right? Like, it's just weird how that all works. But that's the reality. You know, it draws us into what's coming next, this question, what will I do? 
And I remember for me, what changed my perspective on that question is when a grade 12 student looked at me and said, John, I'm so tired of people asking me what I'm going to do after high school. Just see me here now. And that changed my perspective big time on that question. So the what will I do doesn't always have to be jumping into the next chapters or down the road, right? Yes, that's important, but maybe we shouldn't be focused on filling in what's next all the time. Maybe our focus needs to be about building vision for our life now, and as we build vision for our daily life, then all of those things maybe take shape, and they begin to kind of fill in, right, as we connect with others and and as we journey together. Well, there's this time that Jesus was um, on a hillside talking to a group of people. We know it as the Sermon on the Mount. And it was a conversation where the crowd came, and there was many different personalities and perspectives in that crowd. There were likely the revolutionaries that were hoping Jesus was going to take up arms and fight against Rome. There were probably those who were really smart in the crowd and just wanted to hear if Jesus was really smart. There were those that were disinterested, others that maybe, you know, thought, well, just give me something new because I've heard this religious thing a hundred times over. Do you have anything new for me? And all these different perspectives and attitudes, Jesus brings it back to a starting point. He actually takes that crowd and, and all of the ideas and, and you know, perspectives that are swirling, he draws it into this one space, this one thought, and everyone has to start there. And this is what he says in Matthew 6, He says, uh, seek first his kingdom and his righteousness, and all these things will be added to you. So what he's getting at is this. You know, you have to start somewhere in terms of your life. You have to start somewhere when it comes to where do I belong and the friends you choose. You have to start somewhere when it comes to what do I believe or why should I believe. You have to start somewhere in that journey of understanding how and why you matter because you do matter. Absolutely. Absolutely you matter. But Jesus brings this crowd to a place where they have to start somewhere and, uh, and for, you know, for him, it's this idea that, you know, of all the things that swirl around, all the things that we're hearing about, we bring it back to this one spot, and it's seeking first God's kingdom, right? There has to be a foundation that we build on. There's got to be something there to support the structure of our lives and our ideas and our interactions. And then right in the middle of that, there's this, con- or it comes after this, this conversation on worry, And right in the middle of the conversation is really this huge, what will I do? That's just like flashing lights right there. Because the people are thinking about, what am I going to do with my life? What am I going to wear? Do I have enough food to eat? Where will I live? All of these questions. And Jesus then says this, right? Do not worry. Matthew 6, 34. Don't worry about tomorrow because tomorrow will worry about itself. Each day has enough trouble of its own. How many have found that to be true? we got enough trouble going on today. We don't need to look into tomorrow to figure out more trouble. We've got enough to focus on today. And it's not that we don't press ahead and see what's going on and plan for the future. That's obviously wise. But we need to begin somewhere. We need to see the big picture, yes, for sure. But we also have to understand that, that each, each day has enough trouble of its own. We need to have a starting point. And Jesus clarified the starting point. Seek God first. Start there. Right, start there. We sat down to talk as a team about what we would call this series, and this idea of flourish came up. And, and we don't know, I don't know much about tree rings, but I did some reading, and, and it is absolutely fascinating, I have to admit. You know, all the rings within the tree, they can tell us about precipitation in a given year, you know, uh, temperatures. They can actually tell us 
what obstacles the tree had to overcome or, or some of the tension it faced as it was trying to grow into a tree. And when you see this massive, incredible tree, it's just beautiful, provides shade, you know, all that kind of stuff. It tells this amazing story, but, but the real story is what's going on inside. And it's very much like our lives, right? We have this outside, you know, persona that we put on, and it tells a story, but it's what's going on inside that really matters, and that really shapes us. So with that what will I do question, we need to maybe dig a little bit deeper in terms of what that actually looks like. And I love what this guy, the Apostle Paul, said 2,000 years ago to a city, a church in a city called Colossae. This is what he said, So then, just as you receive Christ Jesus as Lord, continue to live your faith in him, rooted and built up in him, strengthened in the faith as you were taught, and overflowing with thankfulness. See to it that no one takes you captive through hollow and deceptive philosophy, which depends on human tradition and the elemental spiritual forces of this world rather than on Christ. So there's a lot in there, and I think this helps us understand the what will I do question. So let me break that down a little bit in the minutes that we have left. Here's the first question I want to ask you. What is your heart chasing after? What is your heart chasing after? Here's the crazy thing about humanity. We all have desires within our heart, and Proverbs 4.23 says, Guard your heart, for out of it flow the issues of life. So what is your heart chasing after? Because here's the crazy thing. We all have desires, and we will all make decisions in our lives to put us in the place to help us fulfill the desires of our heart. It's uncanny. If you have good desires and you're pursuing after things that are healthy and, and building others up, right, and, and good for your life, you'll make decisions to get you there. But if you're focused on things that are destructive, right, you're going to make decisions that put you in that place because what we desire in here is what we pursue after and we make decisions to get us there to fulfill those desires. So you got to start there. What is your heart chasing after? And if you look and you answer that question, you go, man, John, I'm, I'm not chasing after things that are helping me right now. Maybe it's a relationship that's really not healthy. You know, maybe it's stuff on social media you're, you're buying into and you're going, yeah, like, you know, this is how my life is being shaped by the thoughts and perspectives of others and strangers that I don't even know, but I follow and I like, and, and it has an effect. And, and maybe you're in that space, and if you're in that space, and we've all been there at some time, we've all been in a place where we're kind of going, I need a heart check, because right now I'm not sure I'm chasing after things that are helping and things that are good for me then maybe we need to have a conversation with somebody that cares and just step in and sit down with, with a caring adult. The SLC, we love doing that to kind of unpack where our hearts are and what we're chasing after. Because you got to resolve that one if you're interested in living a life that's purposeful and meaningful. you got to answer that question. Where's your heart right now? What is it that you're chasing after? So then Paul says, just as you receive Christ as Lord. So what he's saying is, for you believers in this church, you've, you've acknowledged that you need Jesus, that he is Lord, that he, you're following him, right? No matter what's going on in culture around you, you're sticking to his life, to his teaching. And here's the question, what does your relationship with Jesus look like? There's times in my life where my relationship looks horrendous. And in fact, you know, if you were to peel back the layers, you would kind of go, John, like, do you even follow Jesus? There's times, right, that that, that happens, I've been in conversations uh, with my wife recently as we've sat down and, you know, some of those talks that married couples have, and she's reminded me, you don't have it all together, and, and it's true, I don't. 
right? And there's times, oh, in my personality, like, I want to apologize right away, but I just, I'm like, oh, man, I war against it. And then I come and I say, I'm sorry, right? Like, like it's a journey, and we're, we're sometimes in that space that we're not, you know, reflecting what we believe well, and hopefully that's a relationship with Christ. If you've never understood the value he's placed on your life, if anyone ever questions, first and foremost, recognize you are worth dying for. That's how valuable you are, truly. And if you're wondering about, you know, what that looks like in life and what do, you, what do you do with that moving forward, the what will I do, we'd love to have a conversation to just share uh, our, our faith and, and understanding of Christ. The second bit, so you've, you've come to know Jesus, so continue to live your life in him, right? That continue, move forward. And this is what often happens in spirituality. We, we think that it's an event, right? That it's somehow it's this epiphany. It's something that happens like right in this one spot. And we make Jesus an event, right? We say a prayer, Lord, come into my life. And then that's it, right? And we don't move forward. But that's not what we're called to do. It's about a life and it's about his life. It's about a journey. And then if we want to live a, like answer that question, well, what will I do? And, and develop vision for our lives on a daily basis. We have to be strengthened in the faith as we were taught. And here's the key thing. Okay? This is worth the price of admission. Be teachable in your life. Do not ever get to a spot where you think you've got it figured out and you're not going to let anyone speak in and teach you. And that's on so many levels of life. Be teachable. Because here's the question it'll be with, with those that have the best interest for you, obviously, in mind. Learn from those voices. But here's the reality. We're all learning, so who is your teacher? Who are you letting speak into your life? And we hope that you're teachable, allowing caring adults and people around you, good friends, to speak hope and and truth and life into you because that matters, right? Because your life, you know, uh, sorry, the next bit, (laughs) the Thanksgiving piece. We just came out of Thanksgiving, this idea of being thankful. And this is so huge. And think about this question. Is your life focused on what you want rather than on what you have and can give to others? If you're living life just looking for this or I deserve that, I want this, I'm, I'm going to get that, if that's the focus of your life, you're, you're missing out. But maybe we need to shift our hearts and recognize that we've been given much and when we've been given much, how can we bless others around us? Because your life will be focused, uh, if, if your life is focused on what you want rather than on what you have and can give, that's, that's a problem. So take inventory, think about what you're thankful for Right? And I hope that you can do that. And then the last piece here, don't be a hostage. You know, Paul addressed this because around the time, 2,000 years ago, where this church was situated, there was all sorts of ideas warring against basic human dignity, warring against people and their value, right? All kinds of philosophies and ideas that were empty. And not all philosophy is bad, right? There's some good thoughts and, and good ideas and truth out there. But the ones that are stripping and robbing people of their dignity and their value and their hope, and they're trying to fill this void of of significance and purpose with something that is just hollow, when you peel it away, there's nothing there. That's what we don't want to be a hostage to. And Paul was saying that 2,000 years ago. Don't be a hostage. Don't be taken captive by what is hollow and what is deceptive. You know, that sales pitch that just wants to sell you the next thing, and if you have the next thing, your life's going to be that much better. Or if you look a certain way or you wear certain brands, you have a certain body type, whatever it is, that's what makes you significant. Your life will be better. If you're doing this in your relationship because apparently everybody else is and you ought to do that, you know, just follow the crowd, right? You know, and your life will be better. No, those are hollow and deceptive philosophies that we have to learn how to be critical thinkers. 
right? Learn how to be critical thinkers. Yes, there are things that are true. There is truth. We know that. But when you're not sure and you're, you're, you know, you just something isn't quite right about the messages you re are receiving, challenge and question and bring others into that conversation. Such an important piece. Don't get taken captive by what is hollow and deceptive. And particularly anything that is shoving Jesus out of the way in your life, anything that is taking his place, right, and causing you to buy into before him, you got to question it because he wants to be first. Seek first. The what will I do, the next steps, building daily vision for our lives so that our futures are affected in a better way. What will I do now here, you know, in this time? Seek first his kingdom and his righteousness, and all these things will be given to you. And that's not the Santa Claus wish list, by the way, that you just say, okay, I want this, so I guess I'm going to get that. No, that's not what we're talking about. God knows what we need. So we hope that this series has been meaningful to at least dig into some of the harder questions because we care about you. We care about this generation immensely, and we want to see this generation grow and, and you know, flourish and, and be everything that God has called you to be, right? just to be the people he has called you to be, living lives that are meaningful and purposeful. That is our heart's desire. And so that what will I do, we'd love to have a what will I do conversation with you, thinking about who you are and your personalities and what breaks your heart, right? Those are hints into how you're wired and how God has made you and where he perhaps is leading you in terms of his purpose for your life. Right? We'd love to have those conversations. So again, I want to say thank you for being here today. It is such a gift for us to be able to do this uh, with you in person, and we're so grateful you've taken the time to be here. Uh, just before I pray, I just want to uh, make sure you know, uh, for girls today, we have driven uh, both lunches in the SLC, and tomorrow the Foundry uh, guys will be in the SLC as well. So. And let's uh, hear it for the tech team, by the way. These guys are working cameras, audio, slides, all of it, right? So we're so grateful yeah, for, uh, for everybody involved. So let me pray. Father, we're so thankful for who you are. Uh, God, thank you that when we don't get it right, you don't cast us off. Uh, so often we, we just can't seem to figure it out. We can't seem to live this what will I do in daily steps with you and, and just walking in a way that pleases. Um, but thank you that you, you draw us back. You forgive, you heal, you put us back together. And thank you that you've also set for us great vision and great purpose and great meaning, great value, that we might walk in that and our lives might truly be changed. So bless this group today as they head out into this day. May they just continue to ask the what will I do question and what it looks like to seek you first in their relationships, in their friendships, in their schoolwork, their ability to say yes to what's good and no to what's destructive. Give them the strength to do that, we pray. And we love you, Lord. Thank you so much for the space to do this. We give thanks in your name. Amen. God bless everybody. Have an awesome day. Don't forget, uh, first 25, when you're signing up, invite a friend to come along with you for sure. So have a great day.